Chubby Cherub, a game where you'll chomp and chase all day. Yeah, who reads that and is like, ooh, like that's what I want to do all day. <laughs> I want to chomp and chase. Yep. Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Sean. And I'm Sam. Guys, today we're talking about a, a game that I have a hard time saying, so I'm gonna, you know, it's almost like a Voldemort for me. I kind of <laughs> almost don't want to say it and just say, like, we got through it. You heard it in the intro. Chubby it's, Cherub. It's Chubby. We're yeah. done. We're chubby done. Cherub. Okay. Yeah, you can just take that instance and just cut it over every time. Yeah. <laughs> we usually don't go over stuff like this very early in the episode, but this is a video game podcast, so I just want everyone to understand that we will talk about video games. But first, I've never heard that word before, like, two weeks ago. Really? Really? I don't know what's wrong. I, I mean, now I know. I was just calling them baby angels. Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously, there's you know there's all different kinds of art and portraits like, and stuff like that. Basically, a cherub is just anything that looks like Cupid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's not Cupid himself. Yeah, exactly. Cupid is a cherub, But right? you could also, like... Cupid you, is a specific cherub. It's also right. something you could call a cute baby or something. Yeah, you know, you well, go, it's oh, cherubic. It's, it's a, yeah. Okay, but was there something like going on... Yeah. Was there something going on in the 80s that, mm-hmm. like, cherubs had, like, a big breakthrough that was like, oh, that's clearly more recognizable than just calling it Cupid? No, no I don't think so. I'd say in the 90s when Smashing Pumpkins released the song Cherub Rock... Oh, okay, so I do know this word. Yeah, you've heard it before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, I know that so song. So they probably had the opposite effect on each other, like, they, like they released their album because of Chubby Cherub. Exactly, yeah, yeah you know what, that's the first <laughs> bit of trivia you got. <laughs> well, I mean, it makes chubby. sense, because yeah, smash him. Tag Team Wrestling did the whole, like, you know, strong bad influence, yeah. so it makes sense that Smashing Pumpkins would be like, oh, NES, like, I gotta name a song after. Billy Corgan was really into the NES before he went crazy. Yes, before he went crazy. <laughs> the reason why I ask is because they could have changed it to anything they wanted, because it, in Japan, this wasn't even the same game. This was one of those, like, Doki Doki Panic things before Doki Doki Panic was a thing. Get it? I, um, I don't know what that is. Oh, Doki Doki no. Panic is Super Mario Brothers 2 USA. Oh, oh, oh okay. I keep it's forgetting right. what that is. Yeah, yeah. sorry. It's a, it's a meme between me and Joe. <laughs> anyway, uh, the reason why I bring that up is just because they could have called it like Chubby Cupid or something. Because in Japan, you're actually like a ghost character named like Kutaro or Kutaro. Hamtaro. Definitely Taro, uh, yeah. for sure. But it was based on like a manga, uh, Fujiko Fujio. Uh, Fuji- yeah, I'm not going to botch that any more than I already did. Anyway, he's a big manga guy, and he made one, that was one of his mangas, and that has like an incredibly long name that I'm not going to try and pronounce because it's like Obaki no Kataro or something. Like <laughs> Half of this podcast is in Japanese. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to point out that this is an interesting thing because Nintendo took like the fast route with, uh, you know, the Rob games, just calling them Robot Gyro <laughs> yeah. and Robot Stack, right? Was that it? Uh, I don't remember. Stackbot. 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 That's my nickname. <laughs> Stackbot. It's funny, though, because I, I was thinking before that I was wondering why, why a cherub? Like, like what? I, I thought it must have been like maybe in Japan. A lot of times, like cuter things do better in Japan. So it just, but it, it was Americanized. It was brought to this is, yeah, the United this is States, and they new. were like, "What do American '80s teenagers love? Cherubs, like, especially <laughs> cherubs that are afraid teenagers. of dogs, right? Specifically, well, yes, the noise dogs make. We'll get into that."
And so it, <laughs> it was it was released on the Famicom in 85, but it comes over to America a year later in October 29th, 1986. And yeah, I know what people are going to say, like, October 29th, you know, you got a couple of other games in October. Are you sure? We'll get, we don't care. We're just doing them in alphabetical order. They all came out in October. No one can actually say if this game actually came out on October 29th. Especially not you. Uh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> this game was published by Bandai, uh, probably a pretty recognizable name to everyone in this room. Yeah. Yeah, rec- uh, I don't know yes. if I recognize too many, if I know too many of the games they're known for, but I, I, I yeah, well, know you probably know hero. them now more yeah. so because of their Bandai Namco partnership. Right. Uh, at this point, they were just a publisher; they weren't making these games; they were just using the brands that they had acquired through, like you know, franchising deals and stuff like that. Because they have like Dragon Ball, they have Digimon, Power Rangers. Uh, they have Yu Gi Oh. I don't know if they have Yu Gi Oh. I don't think so. Uh, no, they don't have Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm trying to think of who I does. I remember Bandai. Never mind. Yeah. Maybe maybe they do have Yu-Gi-Oh. Who knows? That's a question that we'll yeah. never know. That's a question that I certainly don't know. But the big property, of course, that they have is Gundam. Oh. That's their that's their big thing, and that's huge in Japan. Something that probably has like a bunch of Famicom, Super Famicom games that we're just never going to see here in America because they don't believe in, in it, and they don't believe in Gundam, like, <laughs> like as, as like a viable franchise, you know. It's like I think growing up, I saw more of Zoids yeah. than I did of Gundam. No, mm, no. I say they were about even. For uh, me. I don't even know what Zoids is. Wow, <laughs> Zoids but you know, is a disease. But you know what Gundam is. I know what Gundam is. Funny enough, though, this isn't a Gundam episode. This is <laughs> this what, is an episode about, about Chubby Cherub, uh, published by Bandai, but developed by Tos or Tose. I think it's really important that we talk about them, though, because they're like a ghost developer. They don't take credit for anything. They specifically like leave themselves off of the credits of games, but they develop these games and then let another company take credit for them. It's so it's weird, so weird to think about, but mm. they've made 1,000 plus games, and they're wow. still around today. Ghost-making games that you might like that they that you just don't know and about. They're still like so they're still around today and still uncredited. They're still yeah, a huge operation of like outsource entertainment. So, so I could do they do they sell the like the credit? Like how does No, that work? what What's happens is is like uh you know, I'm not saying that this is a real example, but to give an example, you'll have like Sony wants to make a PS4 game. They want to have it under the Sony publishing brand, but they you know, outsource it. To Toast or Tose for their uh, for their development, and then publish it as a Sony developed game. Hmm. Weird. And yeah, this is a real thing. And there's a very interesting um, interview that I'll put in the show notes where they interviewed a couple of employees of Toast Entertainment and just talk about like what is the process for this. And it's very interesting because they have a team at the company that's just in charge of like knowing all the different engines of all the different game engines that are out there so that they can help like troubleshoot with their developers to be like, Oh, okay. So you're on unreal. You got to do this, 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 and that, you know, and, and mm. like, Oh no, you're using like a, you know, a square Enix proprietary engine. So you got to do these things. It's wow. something that we just don't think about as fans. I guess it's not really like, if you really think about it, it's not that different from like, like a TV network outsourcing, like a show production Right, like for B roll or something, like yeah. even, or even you know, the whole show, or the like, whole show, yeah, yeah, yeah. great, <laughs> great.
I think uh, that's about all the time we can spend on the developers and publishers. Uh, now we have to kind of talk about the game. So does anybody know the plot? Uh, no. It's, I I read the manual and it's it's a wild ride. I I don't really remember just because there is so much of it in the manual. It's, I wouldn't like, mind if you took me through what you remember because I think that might be funnier than yeah. the actual plot. Okay, so there's all right. There you are the chubby cherub. That's your name. It says like chubby cherub's friends. <laughs> yeah. You are the chubby and cherub. Like, your friends got kidnapped by correct. Uh, and you gotta, you know, collect food because that's how you get energy. Um, and, you know, find them in a house or in, like, some kind of apartment complex and find the window that they are, like, that is for the room that they're being held captive in. Yeah, they're being held captive in an apartment complex. It's, like, really strange. Like, you just gotta check the windows yeah. and be like, are you in here, Mark? You know, it's... Yeah. Like, are they also cherubs, or...? No, they're just people. Normal, yeah. normal but humans. several, several humans, you know, more than one have been kidnapped, and at some points, you have to, uh... There's, like, what... there? There's a burglar, also, who has kidnapped them, and you need... To defeat the burglar by throwing a dog bone at the burglar because then the dog will attack him. Can and I just correct you real quick? Yes. Like if you are a burglar that has kidnapped people, you're not a burglar. You're, you're a, a kidnapper. kidnapper. No, I get that, but it's called the burglar. In the manual. In the <laughs> manual, they call them burglars. Oh my God. Yeah. No, there were a couple tr- mistranslations in the manual. The yes. Big, the biggest... <laughs> Okay, no, go go ahead. The the biggest one is there's uh, like a rice donut or something. It, that, a rice donut? Well, I'm not sure what you'd call it. It's like yeah, a, yeah. a rice. It's ball. in a lot of anime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that rice ball kind wow, of thing. Wow, this is just bad. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm honestly not <laughs> yeah, sure what it is, it's but it's called. like a triangular rice ball. You know what I'm talking about? With some seaweed. Shit. Like yeah. seaweed yeah. in the bottom holding <laughs> it together. <laughs> but in the manual, it's just called hamburger. Yeah, <laughs> and that is something that we see. We see that a lot though in the in at this time like these westernizations of the games and they don't bother to change out like and i swear we're gonna see this a couple times with that specific rice snack yeah whatever you want to call it if, if it's gonna be called a hamburger i'm not joking it, yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about odds are a lot of you have watched pokemon and yeah i was wondered just thinking what about something this. they were eating in there it was those things those triangular little rice balls with like seaweed on the bottom yeah of them. and i think brock calls them donuts they're called a lot of things in pokemon yeah. They, they are donuts, okay, so they are, they are called rice balls. That's the oh, end okay. of the. Okay. They're not the Italian kind, <laughs> filled with cheese or whatever. These are the ones with the like piece of seaweed yeah. in between. And they're the not ball, ball shaped. Yeah. yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're like more triangle shaped. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. So back to the. <laughs> These story. are all very important things to know in the game. Okay, <laughs> you really, podcast. you really can't play Chubby Cherub without like all understanding yeah. the plot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so there's also I I, I, I don't know if I. I don't think I got this I don't, far. I don't think anyone's going to mind. But I think you blacked out and then... There is a person called, like, Mad something, and you got to, like, give him... I forget what you have to give him, but there's, like... Sam, Sam, I, can't, because, yeah, I can't, Because what you said so far was, like... Your friends got kidnapped. The burglar burgled them. I guess there, you got to go but find. There's them. like a and whole other like, guy. There doesn't too. need yeah. to be another guy. Like that's it. Like, and, but you just—he's like your friend. But you got to get him something. <laughs> I don't really get it. Okay, that's complicated. 
the one thing that makes the game even more complicated is that there's a bunch of dogs in your way the entire <laughs> yeah, trip. Dogs like, are the main birds. enemy. Yeah, like why? Does any like do is there something in like lore about cherubs and and dogs that no, like? I don't no, I don't so. think so. I don't know why. Also, that because you've had like a, a big lollipop that you could then fight dogs. But you bark at the dogs back. Like, like, like it's like, but it's a lollipop that gives you the power to you do that. Bark at dogs, right? I don't it's understand. weird. There's no, there's no logical uh, f- cause and effect. <laughs> so before we go any further, I'm gonna break down this game real fast. All right, not for the plot, for the objective. You're a chubby, a chubby cherub, and you start at the beginning of a stage, usually in like a town or something like that. And you have the ability to walk or fly, and you have to dodge a bunch of dogs or bark at them to attack them. And then you get to the end of the stage, and then you have to, like, save your friend who's been kidnapped by usually checking out the apartment complex and opening up different windows, some which will reveal more angry dogs (laughs) and others that will reveal your, uh, you know, your friend that that you're looking. And then you go to the next stage, just slightly different in look, but... It's a it's thing. Yeah, yeah. It's the I same just thing had again. An incredibly random thought. Yes. That what if the dogs are hellhounds versus a baby angel? And to to give everybody just a little more context, our audio producer is sitting next to me on the couch and he just typed up hellhounds on his phone and showed it to me. I think he wants me to say it. <laughs> okay. Now here here's These the These are thing. adorable puppies. <laughs> you bring up hell. Yeah, some of them look kinda no, they don't look like they're not like three headed Cerberus dogs, but some of them look like they they could chase you. They're, you they're you bring dogs. up hell here and we kinda tease this in yes. last week's episode, but in the Wikipedia page, after the plot, it then mentions there are hell and heaven stages. When Chubby Cherub goes down of the stage where is open downsides, <laughs> he goes to the hell. I mean, he goes he to the hell. Like, it is dark stage and cannot see any floors and cannot fly. When Chubby Cherub touched a dog, he reacts like a miss, but it repeats until he arrives to the exit. This is what just clearly taking this is just taking the ghost game and translating it to English. Wow. Right? Like, that has to be what that is, because it doesn't make any sense. Right. That's, in the, that's not in the manual. Is that in the manual? No, that's, that's not, not, in, the, not in the manual. It's not in the manual. But, there are no heaven and hell stages, and that's yes. where that's, my comment comes last because week. Because you told me you told me a while ago, like, oh, there are these heaven and hell stages we didn't get to, and then on last week's episode, before we started recording, you're like, Joe, there is no heaven and hell <laughs> with no context. So uh, I just thought know. everybody would know I was referring to the cult classic Tose developed Bandai published Chubby Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. And I just think it's really confusing that Wikipedia would lie like this, just so blatantly, but also just have a memorable line like, when Chubby Cherub goes down of the stage where his open downsides, he goes to the hell. That is some... I'm going to get the tattoo on Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff shit right there. Yeah, oh, that's a, that's a thing for the show notes. I'm going to put Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff in the show notes. Because in a lot of ways, that's like Chubby Cherub. Well, one thing I wanted to mention about the dogs is that one of the dogs is invincible, and it's a they in the manual. It's just a chow chow. Like they gave it the specific breed of which dog is invincible, and I like would have all the other dogs are just like dogs. There's like, a bull- there's like the chow chow. There's like a bulldog, right? Yeah, there's a bulldog. I don't yeah. know. I can't remember if they actually called it a bulldog. Maybe they they're did. a little more vicious though than the normal. Yeah, like the chow chow is the one that is you know. Invincible, but you can be invincible too for a very long period of this game. Yeah, pretty much every time you eat something, you 
you were it's like it's like in a lot of games when you get hit and you have a second yeah, you of get, invincibility. You get that P. There's like that that P power up that'll, yeah, that'll pop right. out of the. Oh, is it, is it just the yeah. P? Just the P. I mean, it's just the P, like but it pops I was up out of the food. Invincible so yeah. often. That, yeah, that it was it's like, pretty yeah, often. Yeah, and it's so often, so long, and really, there's so much food in the stage that it's it's hard to run out of flight. And when you have flight, it's kind of like in Super Mario Brothers three when you have enough of your P meter built up so that when you're in the raccoon suit, you can just like fly over the whole stage. Yeah. You know, right. it's kind of like that. It's like, I'm just going to skip all those dogs. Like, right. yeah. See, they should have made the dogs have wings or something. Then they'd be hellhounds. Right. <laughs> there are three heads. One thing that really bugged me when I was playing this was sometimes the food is like just beneath the platform. So it looks like you can get it when you're it's, if it's like on the roof of a house, it'll still be on the roof texture, but under the collider. So you'll land like above it and then you'll have to figure out how to go down. That was just a random thought. That yeah, no, I mean, that's an, throw in there. well, that's an actual gameplay challenge. Yeah. You know, like I you, mean, but you, you might actually get be describing some gameplay here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you don't need the food, right? That's the weird thing is that they made the food yeah. so powerful and your character kind of powerful in a sense that, like, really, the only thing that's going to kill you is the enemies that can't be killed by your barks. Wow. I mean, this is this is very <laughs> interesting, though, that this is the second, like, character action, like, side-scroller game that we played. I, like, I would say... Kung Fu counts, right? I guess. I guess. Uh, it's it's not a platform. That's yeah, not a platform. yeah, that's not a platform. So, like, we go from Super Mario to this. To this. And... I like that you can fly. Like, that's that would right. be a cool selling point for me if I was a kid, like, these days. Um, but really, you can fly almost you can the just whole fly time. the whole thing. I mean, it's more of <laughs> yeah, a flight. There's really no need for to jump at all. Yeah, there's very little platforming yeah. in the game because you, you know, there right. might be like once or twice where you're in a stage where you've lost your flight and does then anyone, you have to. Sorry. Just right in the middle of your sentence. Okay. What um, does anyone uh, know how many levels there are? So there's 10 stages and then it repeats. Okay. Uh, so it's was... really, really the manual focuses on this too, though. The manual really talks about like how to get your score up and stuff. So this game was more focused on like. Uh, from a score perspective, like how you might think of like a Mario Brothers or a balloon fight, and I think that's weird. I don't think that's the right path here in a post Super Mario Brothers world where like Super Mario Brothers is out. And Super granted, you know, this game came out in Japan in December 16, 1985, so it only had a couple months after Super Mario Brothers. But I think at this point, it's like it's too little, too late. Like, I'm not caring about my score now. I wanted, like, the, my friends have been kidnapped. I want some closure on that. Right. Yeah. I don't want to find out I'm, like, later that same day and my daughter's <laughs> been, my only daughter's been kidnapped again. <laughs> so, playing this game, it I kind of had the, the realization when I was playing it that this is what I expected an NES game to be like, you know, and that it's this really kind of super basic game that I just don't really care about the the premise of it not too much not the premise but you know the gameplay because the premise i'm rescuing my friends i gotta care about that you gotta always care um, about, you gotta care about your friends but i actually um a couple months ago i started trying to get a little bit into video game development okay right and the first thing and i know that it's like it's completely different than how it was then because there are like established engines like i was using unity right i mean everything um, that's being built right now is being built in assembly which yeah, is a, yeah. a different monster yeah um and i can't imagine how difficult that would be 
But the first thing that I did in Unity was you set up, you know, a way to move and you set up like if I get this, I collect it. If I get this, I die, you know, and that's like super, super basic stuff. So it seems like that's like they got good movement down because the movement does feel pretty good, I think. Uh, and then they just kind of figure out those things. There's some AI in it, you know, which is interesting. Uh, but I, I don't know. I feel like it's very surface value in that we got all these different elements of it and we're just going to put them there and this is going to be, a you know, a cherub and this is going to be dogs. I don't know, you know? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Well, I mean, I think they were working with the best that they could from, no, oh, from yeah, yeah. westernizing I, the game. I, but... I agree, but it still feels like a very early game yeah. you know it feels like they just like video games just haven't been out long enough right. for them to for this to be something um interesting and, and there's a, there's enough to it like le- like the like actually literally how many levels there are that it could there was like potential for it to change up in the levels and like feel different and not just feel like they got one thing down and they did it over and over again on every level. Mm-hmm. And like, granted, they changed things up a little bit. Like, it gets a little like there's like smokestacks like later palette, and stuff. Yeah. And it, but it's still in the end, it's just you fly, you dodge the obstacles, and you eat the things. And like, yeah. the obstacles never get much harder. The what, what really killed this game in terms of repetitiveness is that song. Oh, oh my yeah. god! That, that that this game had like a what like one loop. Was that all this was? Yeah, if I'm a real monster, I would have just played that loop throughout this entire episode. Just, <laughs> just slowly underneath it. It's it's fun the f- very first time you hear it. You're like, oh, hey, I, I really dig this song. Like, it's nice. It, it sounds like I'm having a good time. It's a nice, cozy town. And then it repeats. Over. Over and over and, and over, over again. And then you beat the level. And the next level is the same exact song. It doesn't work like on a mock rider level, you know, where like the song is epic and right. intense and you feel like you're on it and it's part of the atmosphere. This is just music. Right. Mm-hmm. This is being that's just that's just being thrown into the mix of randomness of you flying while you eat food, while dogs bark at you, while your friend is kidnapped in an apartment complex and no one else called the cops and you're a a baby angel <laughs> sent from heaven to go rescue your friends that how do you even talk to these people? <laughs> the whole game is is broken and weird and I will say that if there's anything I can compliment, it's to echo what Sam said that the movement does feel pretty good, but when you can skip the whole movement thing by just flying over over everything to get to the end of the stage. I know that that's not the goal because your score won't be very high, but damn it if I care about my score, you know, like in a game like this. I'm trying to rescue my friends, damn it. Right. Yeah. So I think it's time to move into the essential games list. All right, it's the essential games list, and you are thinking about what to get your girlfriend or boyfriend for Valentine's Day, and you're like, it needs to be a game about a naked baby angel running through a town fighting dogs. But wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) That game might not be good. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it might, you know, we haven't we haven't gone around. It might be good. We have to talk about it here, where we decided this game is essential for the NES. Today, not when it first came out, not looking at the library of just the 30 or so games that we've played so far, we're talking about in 2018, if this game is still good. Joe. All right, the thing about playing all these NES games is I feel like 
you start to get kind of wise to like things that happen in a lot of NES games and you start to look for them. And when I first started playing this, I, something about it was like, I wonder, I wonder if this is going to be one of those games where it just, you do the same thing over and over again. I don't know what like it was about the aesthetic of it or about the first level that like made it seem like that. I was really hoping that it wasn't going to be that. And that's kind of what it ended up being. It was, it was the same thing over and over again. So I think I'm not going to, I wouldn't vote this essential. I would probably say it's a skip it, but not like a terrible, terrible skip it. It's just like, eh, wasn't very good. All right. Uh, a couple of good things I'll say about this game is I, I kind of like the art. Um, I like the, um, the, the tweaks that they have to movement. I like that you can fly. Maybe they may have, may have abused that a bit. But it's sort of like you have you have an art style that you're going for, and then you have this cool feature you're going to uh, put into your game, and then you forget about everything else, and you just stop making the game. And that's just what this is. It was It's a half-baked idea with a mess of a plot and just a very – it's just a very messy ex- execution in general. So, no, it's not essential. Uh, so, I, I – Kind of going off of that, I feel like they did have all these interesting elements that they programmed into the game that were, you know, there's good movement, there's nice art, there's a song. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, And I think that they, if they had just done like a little bit more, this could have been a more enjoyable game. Like maybe there's a level where there's like a maze or something like that. Not like a maze maze, but... No, I hear you. You know, just like... It like moving through it becomes more interesting. You're than yearning just, for variety at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving through it just becomes different than it was in every other stage. And I feel like they have all this stuff in play, but they just didn't really do anything with it. And it just feels like a super, super basic platformer that you would kind of expect to be on the NES. That's what that's what it came down to. My like my overall take on this was yeah, this is an NES game, you know? This is what I was expecting an old game to feel like. It's not essential. You don't, you don't need to play it. All right. I, I'll say this. We, we've played enough NES games now, and that's weird to say because there's still so many more to go. There's like 690 left. <laughs> but we've we played enough now where you're hoping for like forward progress. And we certainly didn't get that last week. And we didn't get that the week before. And while this game is better than Tag Team Wrestling and Urban Champion. They're different genres, so it doesn't even really matter. You can't compare them, and even and it doesn't matter anymore comparing them because we're talking about them in a 2018 view here. And in 2018, none of those games are worth playing, including this one. Because the thing is, is like so many things that this game could have done if it was made today just don't exist. And I think that that's like, you could say that about a lot of games, but you wouldn't necessarily like touch much of uh like super mario brothers or balloon fight or mock rider like you wouldn't you wouldn't touch too many things in that game to make them better you know you could make a whole different game but you're satisfied with the way those games came out i don't think anybody would really be like satisfied playing chubby cherub i'm i might have smiled in this game as opposed to take team wrestling whereas i didn't smile maybe that'll be my new like essential thing like if i didn't smile it can't be essential but i'm definitely not voting this one essential I think it's missing a lot, even in 1986. Like, I just feel like you're walking on Super Mario Brothers footsteps here with this whole action platformer thing, and you've missed the mark completely. 
you know, D- different stages, different variety would have been great. Different different enemies for each stage would have been cool. And like, I know there's a little bit of that, but just even a bigger variety of how they attack and what they do and maybe what you do even, you know, different power ups, pickups. There's a lot that could have been done and, and it wasn't. And I get that this is just a quick port with uh, westernization to make it work for the new console, but the, these third-party games aren't really impressing me uh, at this point, you know? Uh, I do have a quick little thing to add just about, um, just to touch upon what we've been saying about um, this being an early NES game, even in 1986, this isn't up to snuff. Like, I understand that just console gaming or gaming in general, while it's been around for a few years at this point, like it's still in its infancy. Oh yeah. And if you're going to make uh, an analogy to even film or just motion picture, you need to look at like how it was entertained just to go to like a, a Nickelodeon and see this person just, you know, I don't know, walk down the street. Isn't that crazy? Like, yeah, maybe that was still a reason why someone would be interested in playing chubby cherub or, uh, or uh, urban champion or or wrestling but the fact that super mario brothers still exists like at this time is saying that like everyone can do better with these games right it's yeah. not and and I'll topple that film point a little bit because it's not like you know we've only had like trip to the moon or something like that yeah. you know and like now nickelodeons are a thing it's like this is after, like, you know, a D.W. Griffith film yeah. comes out, and it's like, well, now, you know, like, now I've seen feature films, so I don't really interested flip in... Flipbook. Right, right. I'm not really interested in flip books anymore. I'm not really interested in shorts. Like, I want more of that. I want, like, a full $50 experience where I can play this game time and time again. You know, I, I don't think that games like that are too far off in the horizon, but we got that taste early, and mm-hmm. now we're hungry for more of it. Exactly. But I love that film analogy, actually. You're right. I think, uh, you know, we're at that time period, 1986, where the console is still, for some people, it's the first time they're playing this, you know? Yeah. Not a lot of people had it in 85. 86 is really when, you know, it sold world you know worldwide, and then 88 is kind of like the boom. So we're not yeah. even at the boom yet. So for a lot of people who pick up Chubby Cherub, it might be, like, their first time playing a video video game, game, you know? This might be, like, and that's weird. Yeah. But, unfortunately, you know, that's the roll the cards and roll the cards. (laughs) It's a great mic expression. That's the roll the cards, and that's, you know, you get what you get, and you don't get upset. Uh, That's probably someone's favorite NES game. It's got to be at least one person's, if you think about it. I always say someone's favorite movie is Transformers Dark Knight of the Moon. You know, like, that's... That's got to be at least one person's favorite movie. Maybe it's a listener's. Oh, dear. Anyway, if you managed to stay on the podcast and didn't shut it off when we had, like, struggled through the whole rice ball thing, which is actually called Onigri. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry that we did that to people. That, you know, we, they continue to doubt our credibility. We have no credibility. We're just fans like you. So since you're a fan, maybe you'll write into the show. Contact at NostalgiaCast.com is the email. You can write in, ask us questions, tell us what you like. Tell me what you don't like. I'm not going to get upset. I only get upset on the podcast. Yeah, I don't like your stupid voice. Well, thank you, listener. Who said that? (laughs) Anyway, uh, that's pretty much all the time we have for this episode of Nostalgia. Join us next time for Muscle Tag Team Wrestling. And... 
Sean wouldn't like this, but I'm going to say be sure to play it yourself if you can. <laughs> For more Nostalgia, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen, and be sure to check out NostalgiaCast.com. That's N-E-S-T-A-L-G-I-A-Cast.com. There you can find links to the show and show notes as well as our other platforms. I'm Michael Esposito. You can find me on at Esposito Film on Twitter, and I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs>